Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Vlad, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's hard to believe, but we're coming to the end of our Lenten journey for this year. It's been time well spent to reflect upon this powerful prayer and its meaning for our lives. And I know that many of you have been engaged in journey groups to take a deeper dive into this prayer. I hope that these discussions have been fruitful for you, and I know that this last week will be as well. In fact, if you're not in a group, I encourage you to check out the last discussion in the guide, because Mary Ellen, who's looking around back there, didn't know she's going to be in this sermon, uh, she brought out a really helpful perspective, I think, for the week from an author named Sarah Bessie. And I think everyone should consider this perspective and think about what it means for us for this week in the journey, but also just more generally for our lives of faith. The focus for the week is at the end of the prayer, your love supporting us. It's a great way to end, particularly with the challenge of these last couple of weeks where we've gone deeper into what it means to be called as a disciple of Jesus. And this last week we dug into Dietrich Bonhoeffer's idea of costly grace, and it's such a powerful concept, particularly because we know the cost of discipleship for Bonhoeffer. He was killed by the Nazi regime because he could not stand by as a disciple of Jesus and watch them destroy so many people. There's an inherent danger, though, in contemplating costly discipleship, and we hit it directly this week. It's all bound up in the power of love that stands at the heart of this week's theme. It's so important because of the danger of what our works righteous selves so often do with costly discipleship. We hear the directness of the message to take up our crosses and to follow Jesus, and we hear the weight of that statement. We know in our lives that in this world that nothing is for free in this world. So we map then out in our faith life this grand exchange in our minds. Jesus offers up his life we get eternal salvation, but that comes at the cost of taking up our own cross and continually paying a price of service here in this world. So then we start this grand negotiation of a guilt exchange where we think about what we're doing and what we're not doing, and is it really enough, or do we need to say sorry a bit more, or make ourselves suffer a bit more, work a little harder, whatever it is in our minds that we do to twist the whole thing up into some burdensome mess. The bottom line is that if we allow ourselves to get to this point, it's time to hit the hard reset button. Because this is never what Jesus intends for our lives of discipleship. It leads to terrible expectations for ourselves and the expectations and resentment that we begin to then harbor towards others. There's lots of sinful, self-centered reasons that Christians say and do terrible things to others, 
but this malformation of something that's actually good certainly ranks right up there. Costly discipleship, as Bonhoeffer describes it, may indeed lead to a place of suffering. But suffering is not the goal of discipleship. I'm going to make a very dangerous comparison now, but the point of marriage is not suffering. But in our marriages, we may, in fact, suffer a bit. When we have a disagreement with our spouse, we suffer. When our spouse is hurting, we suffer. When a whole myriad of things happen, we suffer. It's that whole for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health thing. We give ourselves over to this inevitable suffering when we, marriage, when we marry, and we do it with joy in our eyes and in our hearts because we're willing to suffer because of the love between us. And the marriage that works well is the marriage that isn't keeping score, but is simply investing in love day after day after day. You see, love cancels the calculus of the grand bargaining we imagine in the transactional view that we can have of our relationship with God. Paul points out how God has put an end to this transactional view of our relationship in the passage from Romans for today. Indeed, he says, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Transactional relationship canceled full stop. Those are Paul's words, but think about Jesus' own words as well. Jesus, who would walk the way of the cross, says it himself. Jesus, who bore the weight of the cross, instead says to us, Come to me, all of you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus does not die for us freely so that we can continue to think that all of life is a transactional exchange. And herein lies this fantastic insight from this week's journey lesson that in encourages us to flip how we look at our relationship with God in discipleship. Bessie encourages us to stop thinking about what God wants from us and to instead start thinking about what God wants for us. Not what God wants from us, but what God wants for us. And when we begin to look at our relationship in this way, we begin to see the real beauty of the costly discipleship as described by Bonhoeffer. Again, this way, looking at our discipleship certainly doesn't dismiss the idea of suffering, but it does shift dramatically the reasons for which we might suffer. And the primary one being for love. Not what God wants from us, For example, suffering for the sake of suffering like God suffers for us, but rather what God wants for us. God wants us to be filled with that love 
that God is filled with and wants for each one of us. And when we are filled with love, we may at times suffer, but it's not for a calculus of transaction. It's simply the outcome of this overflowing of love from our lives into the world. There is a news story this last week of a husband who died saving his wife from a rip current in Puerto Rico. And the man's father also died trying to then jump in and save his son's life. I was thinking of that father who dove in to save his son, his son who was a CrossFit trainer, certainly an incredibly fit young person. This father had to know if his son was struggling and not making it, there was little chance of his making it. If his young, super fit son was struggling, could he make it? Probably not, but was he counting the cost? No, because he loved his son. And he acted instinctively out of that love, not for any gain, not for any transaction, just as his son had dove in for his wife, the father dove in for his son. And then now you have to think of that wife who did survive and the survivor guilt that she will undoubtedly now have. But you pray for her that she will receive the sacrifice of her father-in-law and her husband, that she will receive that as a gift. Because they didn't try to save her, to have her feel guilty, and then need the rest of her life to try to repay some debt. No, they died out of love with no strings attached. What does God want for us? God wants us to be filled with love. He wants us to be filled with the abundant life we have when we are filled with a love that overflows from our lives into the lives of others. Just as I have loved you, so you should love one another, Jesus says today. Last year, some of the leaders of our congregation got together to think about our mission and vision here at Prince of Peace and how we further live into that statement that we are called to live and love like Jesus. And we began by trying to further define what that looks like, and we said that living like Jesus looks like growing in faith, connecting in community, and serving the world. And we said loving like Jesus means that our Community clearly demonstrates that all means all when it comes to people, that generosity is contagious when we see it and we live it together, and that all aspects of our ministry make clear that love and life win. These are not new commitments. They were the collective of what we were taught from the scriptural witness of what it looks like to follow Jesus and what we have experienced together here in community as the Holy Spirit has guided and shaped us. And I pray that you hear in these commitments the invitation from God that God doesn't want something from you, but God wants something for you. As I contemplated this difference this week, I was drawn back to the HTF Gala fundraiser this last fall. 
And the purpose of the event is clearly a fundraiser. Danette makes clear HTF needs your resources in order to continue its mission. And you could easily attend that event and only hear what HTF wants from you. But as I sat there this year and I watched the pictures stream by from trips from past years, there were tears streaming down my face, and these were not tears of guilt about what God wanted from me. They were tears of gratitude and heartbreak for our brothers and sisters there because of the love that has filled my heart through the work and the time I have spent there. There were tears of gratitude that my heart is bigger and I have more of a capacity to love in this world because of the time I've spent there and the people I continue to care about there. The HDF board met this week and our beloved brother in Christ, Maya, is here with us again today. Maya will soon return to Haiti to continue the work there with no shortage of danger to himself in doing it. But Maya does not do that work to enact a transaction by which we will feel guilty and share more resources to support the work. No, Maya will go out in danger to himself because he's filled with the love of Jesus and a love for those that he serves every day. I do hope that you'll be generous with your gifts now for the summer camp in Jacmel and during Easter for the women in CLM. But I pray that as you make your gifts, you do so out of thanksgiving for the love of Christ that fills your life. Give thanks to God for this grand adventure that is a life of discipleship following Jesus. Where we are called into ventures of faith, where we may not see the ending, but we do know that Christ's hand is guiding us, and his love is supporting us every step of the way. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.